Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. I've got this book here in front of me. It's paperback. It's about pregnancy and childbirth. And I've read a lot of books on pregnancy and childbirth, and this one is hands down my favorite it's just so honest and funny and and I don't mean funny in the like cheesy way that some mom books can be funny it's just like straight up funny and, and kind of dark and it talks about the absurdity of body changes and having another person growing inside of you in this way that I just haven't seen anywhere else the book is called pregnant butch nine long months spent in drag It's a graphic novel, so um, it's drawn like a comic. The characters are fictionalized, but the story is based on a real woman's experience with having a baby. I'm A.K. Summers, and I'm an artist. A.K. Summers made Pregnant Butch. You can't see me on the radio, but I have a very short haircut and I wear men's clothing. Do you still refer to yourself as Butch? Of course. I'm a lifelong butch. And can you define what that term means to you? Um, It's basically a masculine-identified person who generally, I'm not going to say this is true for everybody, but is generally a lesbian. So AK is a lesbian. Um, Like she said, she looks masculine, but she's not trying to pass as a man. AK has one child, Franklin. He's 11 now. Pregnant Butch is about what it was like when... Okay, actually, let me just read from the book. That'll be better. Uh, So I'm going to open to the title page. Uh, There's this drawing of AK on the title page. um, And the character's name in the book is Teak. So there's a couple of word bubbles coming from Teak's mouth um, on this page. And she's saying, As a butch dyke... I am accustomed to feeling exempt from most things covered in your glossy women's magazine. As a pregnant butch dyke, however, this heretofore irrelevant world came to include me. Today on our show, A.K. Summers is with us. She talks about the real story behind pregnant butch, and she tells us what it is like to be pregnant when the thought of looking feminine makes you feel like not yourself. This is The Longest Shortest Time from WNYC. I'm Hillary Frank. When AK got pregnant, a lot of her mom friends tried to give her hand-me-downs of maternity clothes, but she would not take any of them. She just saw them as too girly. Even those, um, maybe especially those stretchy black maternity pants. And she flat out refused to wear jeans with the giant elastic bands on top. She had her own ideas about how to turn regular pants into maternity pants. 
Oh, God, I really tried to make suspenders work because it seemed like a great solution, and I've always wanted to wear suspenders. But, um, gosh, how to put it? Suspenders are just tough to pull off if you have tits. I don't know if you've ever tried wearing them. You experiment with, do I put them on the outside? <laughs> Certainly not the inside. <laughs> and it, it's it's not easy to make and, them work. Right, and your boobs are growing. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you do? I went, I went with Carhartt. Um, I picked overalls. Overalls are really the best. <laughs> best best maternity wear yeah. overalls. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's tough in the summertime. Try to plan things so that you don't end up relying on overalls when it's 90 degrees in the city. Um, sexual orientation is not a choice, but how you present yourself is. And um, I wonder, like, why, why choose to make yourself look masculine? Because that's how I'm cutest, you know, and it's also it's it's an aesthetic I'm drawn to. I feel most comfortable that way. I feel like myself that way. It's something that I've been doing since I was a kid. I had horrible struggles with my mother over my appearance all the time. You know, anytime I had to dress up because my mom wanted me to look nice and the definition of nice meant feminine, you know, a pretty blouse, even if if she was going to give on pants. Yeah, and likewise, I think um, when you're a pregnant woman, um, there's a picture people have in their head of that, right? Yes, for sure. And it like accentuates your feminine qualities physically, right? Because your your boobs start growing and your hips start widening. What was that like for you to um, sort of have your physical feminine qualities accentuated? It was miserable. And also, this was a moment in time, and I think we're still in that moment, though I'm not, because my son is now 11, I'm not entirely um, up on the maternity fashion. But at the moment, there was a huge surge of interest in yoga and being a fit yogic mommy who really showed off that baby bump. And, um, you know, you could go drapey or you could go with the, with the spandex-infused fabrics. But e- either way, it was really showing off what you had. And that was the last thing that I wanted to do. I just, for a while, I passed as a fat guy. Wait, what do you mean? Um, People assumed you were a fat guy? Yeah. How do you know? Well, people on the street. Well, for one thing, very few people ever offered me a seat on the subway. And, you know, just getting sir, you know, sirred or, you know, dude or what have you by people who are brushing past you or serving you in a at the bank or something. Is that something that bothers you? Well, you know, I certainly would have appreciated getting to sit down on the subway. Um, But in some way, it was kind of comforting because I was still being, I still, my 
masculine presentation was still the dominant aspect of me. So um, when you got pregnant, mm-hmm. you, you were in a lesbian relationship. And um, was your partner them? Yeah. So what made you decide that you were going to be the one to carry the baby? I'm adopted. And it was pretty important for me to have the experience of experiencing a biological relationship to somebody. And it felt more important to me to have that experience um, than it did to preserve um, my kind of gender presentation. And uh, while I belong to a very warm and um, loving family, you know, I was bothered as a kid with the feeling that you couldn't locate me um, visually in the family or um, I wanted the this feeling of belonging. Did you have any siblings? I have two brothers and they're both biologically related to my folks. So was it a closed adoption and you, you never knew your biological parents? Oh, yeah. I mean, this was in 1967 that I was born. So it's sealed. I actually checked with um, the state of California to see if there's some rule or law where once you're 18, you can request um, as an adoptee to see whether your records have been unsealed. Your biological parent can do that if they want to be found. But so I checked and it wasn't unsealed. Um, so, you know, typically when women are pregnant and they get past the stage of sort of being like um, looking just voluptuous, they then start to look thick. Right. And that's when you start to worry that um, you're like not looking sexy to your partner anymore. Um, and I wonder if in a relationship that that probably I imagine is very complicated um, if you're a pregnant butch, you know, like on the one hand, you're with a woman. So maybe she gets it, you know, more than a man would. Um, But on the other hand, the person that she started dating looked more masculine. Um, What 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 did that bring up for you? Um, All of the things that I thought um, that made me feel attractive were lacking in the pregnancy. And I, all I had to go on was my partner's response to me. And um, weirdly for us, in the third trimester, the sex that had been lacking in the second came back. Hmm. and And I couldn't really understand it. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't feel sexy. I know I don't look good. And yet, this is when we're having sex? Like, is this um, a cynical ploy to bring the baby on? And I asked her about it after the fact. Like, what was going on with that? And she said very simply, "Um, I just felt closer to you. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, 
AK becomes a postpartum butch. And she finds out something totally surprising about breastfeeding in public while trying to look masculine. Don't go away. People, it is high time we talked about sex on this show. You've been asking, and we are going to go big. We're planning a sex series that will start in January. To kick it all off, we're doing a sex advice show, and we're taking your questions. Two fabulous people will be joining me to answer them. One of those people is Dan Savage. He writes the sex advice column, Savage Love, and he's got a podcast of his own called Savage Lovecast. The other person is Jane Marie. She used to be a This American Life producer, and now she writes a couples and sex column for Cosmo called The Secret Life of Marrieds. Dan and Jane are both parents, and they are eagerly awaiting your parental sex questions. Any kind of question goes. Gay, straight, pregnant, postpartum, single, divorced, affairs. I'm sure there's actually a ton of things I'm not even thinking of. And your kid does not have to be a baby or a toddler for you to ask us a question. You can even have grown-up kids. We've got a form where you can submit your questions at longestshortesttime.com. Just go to the post called Submit Your Sex Questions and tell us what's bugging you. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. We're back. So toward the end of AK's pregnancy, she went to a childbirth class with her partner, and they seemed to be the only queer couple in the class. And a lot of it seemed to be some form of couples therapy. And I think a lot of its purpose was to bring men in. Like, you're a part of this. You know, this is happening. Be present. And so that it's just it's aggravating if if you are not falling into that. Um, groove. I mean, I, I really would have loved to have heard a variety of relationship experiences discussed. And, and that includes people that are not partnered or who have some more radical set of relationships that are, they're bringing to bear with, the, with a pregnancy or a parenting arrangement was there a lot of the, like, this is how you massage your partner when she's going into labor kind of stuff? There was. And I have to say that in a same-sex couple, public touching is fraught. You know, you you come up as a gay person and you and you realize that you need to be careful. You need to take care of yourself. There's a there's a threat of violence around being visible, and particularly being sexual. Um, And I'm not talking about just two cute girls kissing. 
and trans people talk about this a lot or are talking about it a lot right now. It's like not gender conforming and being sexual is, is, is the big reason that gays are attacked. And so, so it's a hurdle to, to be asked to be physical in public. It doesn't, you know, you may assume, oh, this is a safe space. We're all nice people here. But it's not relaxing. Uh, yeah. I couldn't even, I couldn't, I couldn't accept a massage, you know. I was no, just I was too like, busy throwing up. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, forget about the right kind of technique. Like being touched at all yeah. was not appealing to me. Yeah. No, I mean, the experience of childbirth, and I really liked this when I listened to your um, Ina May Gaskin piece. You're being sold a bill of goods when people go on and on about different relaxation techniques and music and the right foods and all of this stuff. When, you know, my experience was as soon as labor really got going, there was no space, no mind-body space to be able to do any nice things. It was all about dealing with a level of suffering that I hadn't anticipated and that was very it was really hard to deal with. Yeah, it's did you want to have a vaginal birth going I, in? Yeah. And you did. And I did. Um this is maybe going to sound like naive because I uh I don't experience feelings of of gender nonconformity. So I'm just uh going to ask it. So like when you're um when you're in labor does that bring up any of your gender issues? Like there's so much about your like lady parts going on. Well, you know, I'm not a trans guy. I'm a, I'm a butch woman. So I don't reject my genitalia. Um, it does feel like a part of me. What the, what the discomfort is, is, other people's responses to me. So some of the stuff that came up for me in the birth, and certainly prior to the birth and worrying about the birth, was how am I going to avoid being humiliated by this situation? Like not being able to do it, being cowardly, um, you know, needing a kind of assistance that was going to make me feel inadequate and weak. Those were my fears that I had going into it. What I actually encountered was really, the, you know, that it feels like you're being torn apart, that there's something ungodly huge and heavy that is just coming through you. Yeah. And that, I mean, it, <laughs> I mean, I imagine you would feel that kind of terror about an amputation. Right. But it feels like something that could be the death of you. I mean, uh, and I know people give birth every day and I've only had one. So I'm talking from the perspective of a first birth. And during labor, I, I really wondered how am I supposed to bring it? Like, how do you bring it? How do you the, – the masculine thing would be to do something – 
you know, to be very active in some way. Climb that wall, you know, lift that thing. And I don't think that there was so much up to me beyond continuing to stay conscious and, like, be there. There's this amazing picture in your graphic novel of you after giving birth as a boxer, mm-hmm. like a, as a beat-up boxer. Is that what you felt like? Absolutely. I I think shortly afterwards I got a look at myself. I looked in a mirror and I had so many broken blood vessels all over my face. And, you know, I was puffy and swollen. I just, I thought I looked like a Russian prize fighter. And that's a that's a very masculine image. Absolutely. It's a warrior image and like yeah. the battered but triumphant yeah. feeling. So once you got your body back, the body that you were used to, was there anything different? Like after having been pregnant, you sort of never quite... Uh, you never get the old thing back. Right. But, but not only physically. I feel like you... You're different. You're like a different person Some somehow also. Like you, like you have a different understanding of yourself. Like did the, did the gender stuff for you become more complex? I think it actually became a little more simple. For one thing, the experience of nursing my son, and we did it for a long time too, I had been dreading it and thinking that it was going to be another one of these vulnerability-making situations and that people would be looking at me and that uh, that I would be this booby mama that it wouldn't fit in with my with my gender choices and presentation. What I didn't know and what I don't think anybody can know until it happens to them, is that you have a relationship with this child and that that's really the significant thing is your connection to the child and the power of, you know, being able to satisfy this other person. My body was really did a great thing for us. And I'm just as butch as I ever was. And it's a tough thing. You mean like you're being tough? Yeah. And I'm going out and I'm nursing in public and I don't give a shit. Does Franklin call both you and your partner mom or do you, do you have he different call, differentiation? He, no, he calls us both mama and mom. Um, when he was little, like you said, you get mistaken for a man when you're out in public. Did he have friends, like little kid friends who uh, who were unsure of your your gender? Oh, yeah. Like there's a couple of years in nursery school where kids are really very rule bound and they're really figuring out gender conventions. And they're very, um, it's very important for them to nail it down. And he would have little friends that referred to me as his dad and he would correct them and then they'd be confused. It generally came down to this question. Why do you look like a boy? But to my surprise, it was a really easy to answer, you know, to answer a preschooler. You just say, I look like a boy because I wear boys' clothes and I like to look this way. 
And preschoolers can really wrap their heads around that. They're like, yes, I like certain things too, and they're very important to me. You know, I know that I need to wear that fire hat every day, as my son did for like two years. He is so much more interesting fashionably than I am. Uh, well, what does he like to wear? Oh, God. Well, you know, he went through his firefighter stage. Then he graduated into needing to wear the same color top and bottom. And he was very insistent about it. And it was really tough to find red pants for boys. Um, now he is... He's 11, but he's still not worried by pure fashion. You know, there were weeks last year when he went to school in what he called colonial dress, which meant that he pulled wool socks up to his knees over a pair of corduroys and wear this vest and tri-corner hat that he'd made. And he looks fabulous. Um, I've got to tell you, I have read a lot of books about pregnancy and childbirth and being a mom. And by far, this book, I just feel like nailed it for me. Gosh, thank you. It just hit home so hard. A.K. Summers lives in Providence. She says that having Franklin really changed her feelings about her own adoption and the need to feel biologically connected to a person. She loves having that connection to Franklin, but she can also see that Franklin is just as connected to his other mom, who adopted him when he was born. You can find a link to AK's amazing book, Pregnant Butch, at LongestShortestTime.com. We've also got a bunch of pages from the book posted there. There's one of her looking like a fat man. There's her parody of natural birth guru Ina Mae Gaskin. There's that picture we talked about um, of her looking like a Russian prize fighter. These drawings are so great. Go check them out. Also, we know there are more pregnant butches out there. If you are a pregnant butch or have ever been a pregnant butch or are in a relationship with someone who's been a pregnant butch, Tell us all about it um, and share your style tips on masculine maternity wear at LongestShortestTime.com in the comments for this episode. That's episode 41. New York area moms, I want to see you at our speed dating event for mom friends. That's at the Bell House on October 22nd in Brooklyn. We'll match you up with your perfect mom friend while you drink wine and eat fancy, yummy snacks. We've even got a couple of amazing door prizes. One is from the custom care package service, a little bundle. Everything in there is so amazingly cute. The other is a bag of goodies from Merge Records. There's a bunch of CDs in there and like a little tiny Merge Records t-shirt. Actually, even if you don't win that prize, you'll walk away with one of their CDs. They sent us enough to give one to everyone who comes. So, Get your tickets now while you're thinking about it. They're at wnyc.org slash events. This podcast is a production of The Longest Shortest Time and WNYC. The show is produced by me, Hilary Frank, and Joanna Solitaroff. Jim Briggs is our engineer. Our theme music is by The Batteries Duo. Special thanks to Chris Bannon and Peter Clowney. 
please subscribe to our show in iTunes, even if that's not how you listen. And while you're there, we would love if you would write us a review. We've been mostly maintaining our spot as the number one kids and family podcast in iTunes. And really, it is because you have been doing what I've been asking you to do and subscribing in iTunes and writing us reviews. So thank you. Keep it up. Um, I will be back with a new episode in two weeks at 3 a.m. And now you can join the 9 p.m. club. Get the show six hours early by subscribing to our newsletter. So effectively, you get the show a day early. So sign up for that at our website. And... As always, if you have a story of a surprising struggle in early parenthood that you'd like me to consider for this podcast, go to longestshortesttime.com and submit your story. And do not forget to send in your sex advice questions. can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of seventh generation. Find seventh generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at seventhgeneration.com.